When a man sees his end, he wants to know there was some purpose to his life. How will the world speak my name in years to come? Will I be known as the philosopher, the warrior, the tyrant? Or will I be the emperor who gave Rome back her true self? But there is one more duty that I ask of you before you go home. What would you have me do, Caesar? I want you to become the protector of Rome after I die. I will empower you to one end alone, to give power back to the people of Rome and end the corruption that has crippled it. Would you accept this great honor that I have offered you? With all my heart, no. Maximus, that is why it must be you. Surely a prefect, a senator, somebody who knows the city, who understands her politics. But you have not been corrupted by her politics. And Commodus? Commodus is not a moral man. You have known that since you were young. Commodus cannot rule. He must not rule. There are people in this country who work hard every day. Not for fame or fortune do they strive But the fruits of their labor Are worth more than their pay And it's time a few of them were recognized Hello Detroit Auto worker, let me thank you for your time You work a 40 hour week for a living Just to send it on down the line For the one who fights the fires, the one who brings the mail, for everyone who works behind the scenes, you can see them everywhere. Hi everybody, and the this is Ed Hoffman and welcome to the main event. I opened up with that scene from the movie Gladiator. When uh, Caesar is talking to Gladiator to, uh, to Maximus, asking him to take over when he dies instead of his son Commodus, and I think uh, and I think he he's you know the uh, Maximus says, "Hey, give it to a senator, someone who understands politics." No, you haven't been infected by politics, and we know that Commodus is is not a moral man. He must not lead. Did we see this happen in America? Did we see this happen? We had a we had a president who was not infected by the political swamp of this country, and we put him in there, and he did a great job. And then we put someone in who's been in there for forty seven years, and we know he's not a moral man. And now he now we're seeing America go down tubes. And uh, I played that song uh, Alabama forty hour a week because you know what that's who that's who America is. The people who who uh, you know dig coal and and forge steel and build houses and deliver the mail and all those people that we're just we're just ignoring. We want to listen to the movie stars and the and the sports the sports uh, stars and we want to listen to those people and the people that 
that have control of the whole government, but we don't want to listen to the to little guy. We're going to talk about how all that stuff is is affect how everything that's going on is affecting what is real America. But before I do, let me introduce myself. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing and you want to talk to someone who thinks like you, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone because it's so personal, then go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo, and that'll take you to my lending page where you can put in as much information as you want. Tell me how much information you want back, and you'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzles, whether it's a piece of property that you uh, would like to own that you don't already, or it's a piece of property you own that you'd like to refinance, or whether it's uh, maybe putting a little bit more uh, financial uh uh, margin in your uh, retirement years uh, by using a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't checked them out and if you qualify, you don't know what you're missing until you check because it's really a cool, cool product. Uh, then just give us a jingle. If you hear something on the show, uh, if you hear something on the show you want repeated, um, you can also go at hoffman.net, click on the podcast page and you can hear this show as well, well as several past shows. You can also get uh, the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where you can uh, subscribe for free and have it automatically download to your, uh, your, uh, your iPad or your iPod or your, or your iWatch or your iPhone or your mini pad or your maxi pad or your puppy pad or anything that you can listen to podcasts on once a week, we upload them. They'll download to you uh, right after that. Um, Follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I current, where I tweet about current events all week long. Follow me on uh, any of the other new social medias. All those I'm, I'm at, Big Ed Hoffman and uh, Facebook pages, facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. Um, if you have comments on the show, send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net and uh, fill out the con the contact form on edhoffman.net, which a lot of people have been doing lately. Also, uh, we'll put you on the, uh, the email list as well if you do that. And uh, we'll actually email you the link every week um, for the show. Um, so anyway, let's talk about what's going on this week. Because there's been a lot going on and, uh, you know, some some people may th- not think, hey, this isn't significant to me. I think it is. I think this this is big significance. Uh, let's talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene. On Thursday, the House voted to strip Republican, the, the brand new Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene of her committee assignments. She's only been a member of Congress for a month. Um, and I'll tell you why I like I'll, I'll tell you why I like Marjorie Taylor Greene, because she's not afraid to put her voice out there. I think we have too many people in Congress that, uh, that, that may vote, that may vote, but they won't make any noise. And the, and uh, I was, I was, I remember when Travis Allen was running for, for government, he said, Hey, ballot harvesting is a problem, but if as long as it's legal, as long as it's legal in California, we have to get better at it than the Democrats. So as long as, as long as the media is, is focusing on Democrats, because they're making the most noise, they're, 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 they're speaking out, they're making their voices heard. As long as that's happening, then we need to make our voices ha- uh, heard. And I've actually asked one of our local uh, Republican congressmen, why aren't we making some noise? 
Why aren't we making some noise? Why isn't, why isn't somebody sticking their head out and saying, Hey, and supporting Trump. And this was early in it, early in his, uh, early in his uh, term. And, you know, these guys are just experts at just sidestepping questions. You know, they don't, they won't say something. And I'm, and I, it angers me to see people see what's going on in this country and no one will speak out. Well, Marjorie Taylor Greene is one of the new new ones that has a big voice. So, and that's, and that's where I think we need to be. Now the Democrats have been out here out to get her because of her past support of QAnon conspiracy theories. And if you still don't understand QAnon, it began on social media in 2017. Okay. Most of us didn't know anything about it till last six months, an anonymous person called Q claimed to be a deep state employee sharing classified information about a variety of outlandish theories. Most famous of these theories is Pizzagate, which I learned about this week, uh, which claimed that Trump was working to break up a secret cabal of pedophiles operating in pizza restaurants throughout Washington, D.C. Four years later, apparently uh, no such thing has happened. In comments on social media, Green publicly expressed support for Pizzagate and other QAnon theories. Uh, That ones, the ones that have gotten her the most attention are the belief that the Parkland shooting in which 17 teenagers died and the Sandy Hook shooting in which 27 young children were were killed uh, were both staged events, also known as false flags. I guess we have to learn to learn the terms of QAnon. Um, the belief that the largest wildfire in California history, the campfire, which is the one that that uh, took uh, the city of Paradise. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure there was other cities in it, but Paradise was the one that was completely wiped out. And we were all donating for um, in 2018. Uh, apparently, they say it was caused by space lasers controlled by powerful Jewish families. She specifically referred to the Rothschilds and the then Governor Jerry Brown. Hmm. All right. You know, we've all we've all done some uh, weird stuff in our past. So those are the things she wrote about on social media. Um, Here's a video Green did in 2019 where she implies her belief that 9-11 was an inside job. Let's hear this and then I'll explain why none of this really matters. Right. We had witnessed 9-11, the terrorist attack um, in New York and the plane that uh, crashed in Pennsylvania and the so-called plane that crashed into the Pentagon. It's odd. There's never any evidence shown for a plane in the Pentagon. But anyways, I won't I'm not going to dive into the 9-11 conspiracy. Well, I think that's a little bit of a Jesse Ventura going on in there. But I have to say, I have to say that in the past, um, you start to look at things and things start popping up on social media and you go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you share it with everybody. And then then you go, um, then some one of your friends tells you, hey, I snoped that thing. That's not true that this is what happened. And here's the actual picture that they Photoshopped. And, uh, and there's a little bit, then it goes, ah, well, maybe I should have known that before I did a couple times. I said, Hey, I don't think this is probably true, but it's funny anyway. And I've, and I've shared those things. I'm sure if I decide to ever decide to run for any, can't, uh, any, any office that someone will bring that up. Even if I said, Hey, even if they don't show that, Hey, look, Ed shared this. Yeah, I shared it, but I said, it's probably not true, but or I don't know if it's true, but so and and my biggest contention is with uh, with Marjorie Taylor Greene is all this stuff happened in 2018 and 2019. And the people of Georgia still elected her. As far as I know, it's not our job to make a decision on on uh, who represents other people. 
we we decide on who represents us. Well, I guess I guess the uh, the Democrat, uh, the California Democratic Committee um, or the California Democrat Party, or maybe it's just the DNC decides who represents us down here in the Inland Empire because uh, we lost all our races, all the races that looked look like sure things for us. Uh, Aja Smith in uh, Riverside and and Marino Valley and Paris and uh rialto and um no not rialto rialto is uh, agnes gibney was the next one uh agnes gibney that rialto and san Bernardino and fontana and ranch cucamonga and uh and she lost that even though that the opponents were nowhere to be found uh and and aja smith and uh, agnes gibney were all over the place joe collins in uh Maxine Waters district. He was everywhere. He was nationally getting attention. Maxine Waters didn't even campaign. Um, I mean, these people are, are people that you would think based on what you're seeing that got those votes, but they lost two to one. So I don't know if our votes really, uh, really affected those. But when I look at, when I look at Georgia, they, they elected Marjorie Taylor green. She was a, she didn't, she wasn't an incumbent that got pushed in. They elected her as a brand new, brand new uh, representative. If they elected her, then it's, then she should, she should represent them. Thursday morning before the vote, the Congress, the Congresswoman spoke on the house floor for 11 minutes. She denounced many of the conspiracies blamed uh, the QAnon movement for deceiving her and held both government and media responsible for their parts in pitting Americans against each other with disinformation. Here's about four minutes of that speech. So when we elected President Trump and then I started seeing things in the news that didn't make sense to me, like Russian collusion, which are conspiracy theories also and have been proven so, these things bothered me deeply. And I realized just watching CNN or Fox News, I may not find the truth. And so what I did is I started looking up things on the internet asking questions like most people do every day. Use Google. And I stumbled across something, and this was at the end of 2017, called QAnon. Well, these posts were mainly about this Russian collusion information. A lot of it was some of what I would see on the news at night, and I got very interested in it. So I posted about it on Facebook. I read about it. I talked about it. I asked questions about it. And then more information came from it. But you see, here's the problem. Throughout 2018, because I was upset about things and didn't trust the government, really, because the people here weren't doing the things that I thought they should be doing for us, the things that I just told you I cared about. And I want you to know, a lot of Americans don't trust our government, and that's sad. The problem with that is, though, is I was allowed to believe things that weren't true, and I would ask questions, questions about them and talk about them. And that is absolutely what I regret, because if it weren't for the Facebook post and, and comments that I liked in 2018, I wouldn't be standing here today and you couldn't point a finger and accuse me of anything wrong. Later in 2018, when I started finding misinformation, lies, things that were not true in these QAnon posts, I stopped believing it. And I want to tell you, any source, and I say this to everyone, any source of information that is a mix of truth and a mix of lies is dangerous, no matter what it is saying, what party it is helping, anything or any country it's about. It's dangerous. And these are the things that happen on the left and the right.
And it's, it is a true problem in our country. You see, school shootings are absolutely real. And every child that is lost, those families mourn it. I also want to tell you 9-11 absolutely happened. I remember that day crying all day long watching it on the news. And it's a tragedy for anyone to say it didn't happen. And so that I definitely want to tell you, I do not believe that it's fake. I also want to tell you that we've got to do better. You see, big media companies can take teeny tiny pieces of words that I've said, that you have said, any of us, and can portray us into someone that we're not. And that is wrong. Another thing I will say to this body is I want to work with all of you for our people. It should be America first always, always. And there's nothing wrong with that. And if this Congress is to tolerate members that condone riots that have hurt American people, attacked police officers, occupied federal property, burned businesses and cities, but yet wants to condemn me and crucify me in the public square for words that I said and I regret a few years ago, then I think we are in a real big problem, a very big problem. What shall we do as Americans? Shall we stay divided like this? We, will we allow the media that is just as guilty as QAnon of presenting truth and lies to divide us? Will we allow ourselves to be addicted to hate and hating one another? I hope not, because that's not the future I want for my children, and it's not the future I want for any of your children. I yield back my time. Thank you. Yeah, well, you know, uh, there's some things that she said in there about the cause and effect. And think about, think about, hey, if if those QAnon social media posts were what got her to get involved and see the the need for running for uh, for Congress, um, how many people do you know that because of the outrageousness of what happened in the last in the last year and the lies that the media is portraying it? um have actually voted for the first time actually got got in uh got involved actually got their eyes open to the the reason that um this stuff is important more important than the super bowl coming up on sunday more important than uh than the world series and more important than uh nba basketball um so there's a cause and effect so and it's and of course cause and effect is all is is all okay when it comes to Democrats to say, Hey, you know what? Oh, you know what? Who was it? Uh, uh, the guy, uh, Harry Reid, that was the, uh, Senate majority leader when he said, you know, I know personally that Mitt Romney has never paid taxes. And that was completely untrue. And when somebody questioned him on it after the election, say, Hey, you, you spoke out and, and said this when you know it wasn't true. He goes, he didn't win the election, did he? But nobody's held responsible for that. Nobody's held responsible for, uh, I think that would be called uh, libel or slander. I think it's libel. Anyway, but that's the, that's the kind of stuff that goes on. But if you're, if apparently none of that, none of that stuff matters if you're a Republican because the, uh, because the House voted to remove her from, from all her, uh, all her committee meeting or all her committee uh, assignments. And on Thursday morning, including 11 Republicans, and I looked up the names of the 11 Republicans that voted voted for that, and there's no names that 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 I even knew. And uh, but you know what? I'm sure that I'm sure that their con constituents 
in 2022 when they're running again, we'll remember that. And hopefully they're taken out. But you know what, what doesn't, what, what amazes me is they're holding that against Marjorie Taylor green, but we don't hold anybody else accountable. Let's talk about Elon Omar for sure. Or Ilhan. I would say Elon, but um, some people say Ilhan Omar, the, uh, the Congress person from Minnesota, you know, she came into this country with a fake name. Her real name is Noor Syed Elmi. And uh, but she posed with member the the lottery, the immigration lottery. Hey, they pull out pull out names from different countries and say, hey, we're going to let you migrate into the and you've applied. So we're just going to take pull a name out of a, out of a, out of the random out of the list. And we're going to let you come in and then you get to bring in. Uh, chain migration, you get to bring in your extended family as well to come with you. So you can actually come to the United States. And, and apparently the Omar family um, let her and her dad pose as Omar's so they could come in legally when she wasn't an Omar. That's problem number one. Then her, uh, one of her two brothers that weren't, that weren't allowed to come in because they only had uh, apparently there's a limit to how many people you can bring in. Um, her brother, who is uh, Ahmed Nur Syed Elmi, was in the United was in the in uh, England, and she brought him over and married him, even though she was already married to a guy named uh, Ahmed Hirsi. Um, she she married Ahmed Nur Syed Elmi, even though that she was still living with Ahmed Hirsi and uh, and their two or three kids. And uh, after she got married to uh, Ahmed Nur Syed Elmi, her brother, um, she continued to live with the uh, father of her children. So she came in illegally. She brought in her brother illegally um, so he could get uh, uh, legal citizenship, whether it's citizenship or just legal uh, residency. Um, and now, and now, now she went, then she went back with, she divorced her brother, went back with, uh, the father of her children. And now she's divorced from everyone. And she's, uh, with her, uh, married her political consultant, Tim Minot. That's nothing. We shouldn't, we shouldn't censor her for anything, but Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, we have to, because she's Republican. Rashida Tlaib said, we're, Hey, we're, you know, on their first day in, in office, we're going to teach the mother effort, uh, referring to, uh, to Donald Trump. Maxine Waters, if you see someone, meaning members of Congress, who is enabling Trump, get in their face. Tell them they're not welcome here. How about Eric Swalwell? Eric Swalwell, we just swept him under the rug. He's part of the Intelligence Committee. And while he's part of the Intelligence Committee, he's sleeping with a Chinese spy. And let her put at least one intern in in his office that we know of. It could have been more. And he never answered questions to the press. He never had to answer for it. Uh, he was still on the intelligence committee when asked, uh, Nancy Pelosi, she left him on there said, well, I don't think there's anything to worry about there, but we need to remove Marjorie Taylor green from her, her committee assignments. Do you see what's happening here, folks? This is a problem. This is a huge problem. So we vote people into office to represent our districts, but then the, then the Democrat machine decides, well, we don't really want them involved. Is this America? It just doesn't feel like America to me anymore. Friday morning, she'd been stripped of her three committee appointments. She held a uh, press conference outside. Here's a little piece of it. And yesterday, when the Democrats and 11 of my Republican colleagues 
decided to strip me of my committee assignments, education and labor and the budget committee. You know what they did? They actually stripped my district of their voice. They stripped my voters of having representation to work for them. You see, a record number of Americans voted for President Trump. Record number of Republicans voted for President Trump. Do you want to know why? It's because they loved his policies. They loved his fight. They loved the fact that for once we had a president that stood up for America, stood up for American businesses, and remembered the forgotten man. You know what the media does? And you guys are great at it. And I'm telling you this because I want to like you. But you're doing a really good job at addicting our nation to hate. Teaching people to hate people like me, President Trump. And then on the right, it's the same way. Teaching people to hate AOC, Ilhan Omar, Nancy Pelosi. See, it goes both ways, doesn't it? But teaching people to hate and addicting them to it is killing our country. It's causing people to no longer be friends, families to no longer talk to each other. Even husband and wives getting divorced, parents not talking to their children and the other way around. I think that's terrible and it's shameful. They kicked me off of my committees after spending a year promoting, supporting, funding on Act Blue BLM, defending, lying, and calling these peaceful protests when there's buildings burning in the background, and sharing bail bond links to get the criminals out of jail. But they want to kick me off committees for social media posts that were conspiracy theories. That's pretty hypocritical. Yes, hypocritical is the word. Uh, hey, I'm all out of time for the first half. We'll talk about that. Uh, on the second half, stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, commercials, and sports, and we'll be right back with part two. Working together like spokes inside a wheel. They keep this country turning around. Hello, Kansas. We feel farmer. Let me thank you for your time. You work a 40-hour week for a living. And welcome back to the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about uh, real estate and financing on the radio too much because uh, some of you may not be in the market. You'll think it's boring, but some of you may not know you're in the market. But if, you, if you're not sure, you want to figure it out or you want to just inquire, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo, and do the cyber thing. So uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, um, Marjorie Taylor Greene and her uh, her being stripped of of things, and you know the how the of her committee assignments, and how the Democrats are just deciding everything. Hey, you know what? Uh, we don't we don't like you. So uh, you did some stuff. We're going to find something to get you out of your committee assignments because you have too loud of a voice. You post too much on social media. You send out all these emails all the time. You're a loud person. We don't we want to squelch anybody who's making noise that steers away from our uh, from our agenda. So uh, I applaud Marjorie Taylor Greene. And just like Lauren, Lauren Boebert and uh, and some of the some of the old people uh, that are in there that that make noise, Ted Cruz and um, 
Jim Jordan from Ohio and some of the people that are that actually are are vocal that are vocal about things that are wrong because we need to make some noise or else no one's going to pay attention. Meanwhile, Joe Biden, Mr. Magoo, continues to unravel all the good Donald Trump did by signing executive orders he's never even read. The uh, administration is attempting to damage control after the blowback from uh, canceling the XL pipeline. Who would have guessed Americans would be upset about losing 11,000 jobs being lost and uh, losing 11,000 jobs? And uh, it doesn't even stop there. And, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about, hey, you got all the people that work on the on the on the pipeline itself and you got the people that that supply the parts for that. And you got the people that that uh, that so that. Uh, rent out equipment for that. And you got people, you've got, you've got multiples amount of people that are affected by this. So 11,000 um, may include that, or maybe it doesn't, maybe it's much more than that. I'm sure it's much more because you don't even realize the ripple effects of that. Um, if you think about, and and I've, I've used this example lots of times, but Hey, when, when real estate is happening, when people are buying houses um, you get jobs for, for real estate agents, you also get jobs for builders and you get jobs for the people that dig dig trenches to put in pipes and uh, concrete people that are pouring foundations and and framers that are putting up the frame. And you got the plumbers that put in the pipes and electrician that put in the wires and then the drywallers that put on and the stucco people and the uh, roofers that roof the houses. And don't forget the air conditioning people that install the, the ducts and the uh, equipment there. Don't forget about the appliance companies and the people that build appliances because they're putting new appliances in all these houses. Don't forget about the landscapers and don't forget about the people that lay carpet, lay tile, do granite, make cabinets. The people that, that install all the little fixtures uh, on, in the, in the houses and every little detail, then what you don't forget, what don't remember about them, they get a paycheck home. And let's talk about the people at the restaurants that all those people making money uh, go to. And and the the cooks and the waiters and all the and all the people at Best Buy when the people move into their house and they need and they want new TVs and surround sound and they want uh, cameras on their house for security and ring doorbells and all this stuff it's it's a ripple effect and you, if you realize the economy runs by the the key of the economy is the velocity of money so when something you have an, a a, a um, project like the XL pipeline, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are affected. And now they're talking about other pipelines that are going through Oregon and in Montana and the Dakotas and Texas, and who knows what else they're going to do. And people are, are, are complaining about uh, turning off drilling on federal lands, uh, lease, uh, drilling leases on federal lands. I know they're hearing about it in, uh, in uh, New Mexico and, they're trying to so the Biden the Biden administration is trying to damage control and all the blowback from what they're getting. The first attempt at spin control was this embarrassing moment from Biden's climate envoy, former Secretary of State John Kerry, who we all know is Lurch. Um, he says Americans just need to make better choices when it comes to their jobs. Lay workers have been fed a false narrative. They've been fed uh, the notion that somehow dealing with climate is coming at their expense. No, it's not. What's happening to them is happening because of other market forces already taking place. The need to uh, grow the new jobs that pay better, that are cleaner, that, I mean, you know, you look at the consequences of black lung for a miner, for instance, and measure that against the fastest growing job in the United States before COVID was solar power technician. The same people can do those jobs. 
but the choice of doing the solar power one now is a better choice. What President Biden wants to do is make sure those folks have better choices, that they have alternatives, that they can be the people who go to work to make the solar panels. Well, let's talk about how stupid that was. Number one, the fastest growing jobs are solar technicians. I don't know. There's a ton of companies out there that do solar that seem to have been, uh, aren't working anymore. Companies have gone out of business because the, because people have got solar on their houses and it's slowing down because so many people already have it. And now the builders are putting it on it uh, when you build it because that's being required. And uh, so, so let's talk about that. I bought a, I bought panels, 107 panels and they said, Oh, it's made by solar world. And they're made here in America up there in Portland, Oregon. And apparently when my neighbor's uh, tree fell on, fell and it hit two of my panels uh, when it came time to it, they solar solar world went out of business. So we had to use these other, these other panels, but they're almost the same thing. Um, so how did that happen? I thought this is the fastest growing sector of new jobs. I don't know. Maybe I'm just uh, not noticing things. And you know what? These people that can just change jobs, you know, people that, that work in coal mines, digging coal certainly could be technicians on solar panels because that's almost the same thing, you know, wires and components and all that stuff is almost the same thing as picks and shovels and, and, uh, you know, hard labor, it's almost the same thing. And, you know, if you're going to change careers like that, isn't it better that you kind of go to school on the side and get trained on the side while you still have a job, uh, have a job. So you make that transition, you know, before you sell your house and you, you sell your house and say, Hey, before you give notice that you're, that you're leaving your rental, isn't it good to have some place to go? Isn't it, isn't it usually good? Don't you, before you give notice on your job, don't you usually make sure you have another job lined up? Uh, and you know, we got to make, they need to make better choices. I think you just took away their choices by stopping their, their industries. There've been some uh, great responses to John Kerry this week, but two that stand out are Senator Ted Cruz and former energy secretary, Rick Perry. He said, well, they need to learn to make better choices. What an arrogant, out-of-touch wow. statement for a centimillionaire to say, you know, you little people, I, I don't like the choices you're making, and so your jobs go away. You know, I guess that's pretty easy said for a guy that uh, married into his money, but uh, uh, these folks that have to really work for their, uh, their paychecks, people who are out there uh, working really, really hard to take care of their families, uh, for somebody just to say, well, won't you just go over and work in some other area? Well, number one, uh, a lot of those solar panels are uh, uh, made in China. If you want to talk about who is the big winner out of these Biden executive orders in the energy sector, it's China. Yeah, I don't know why those uh, both those Chinas were cut off, but there's an A at the end of China. So, uh, but yeah, you know what? I talk about the pretty people and the people that are seven feet tall that uh, can reach up to the 10 foot basket to put them in and how they make money for, for being pretty or being, having a nice uh, singing voice or because they're, uh, because they can, they can put a basketball in a basket um, and they don't have the same thing. You know what? Let's put, let's put people that marry into the money in there too, because John Kerry married uh, uh, Teresa Hines, who become, who was the heir to the Heinz ketchup fortune. Uh, you know, he probably doesn't understand what it's like either. But as bad as John Kerry was, the administration embarrassed themselves even more by asking the new vice president, uh, you know, the, the woman of color, uh, 
Kamala Harris to take a turn at spinning this. They released they released uh, her into the crowd of coal miners in West Virginia, and it did not go well. When you talk to him about climate change, the first thing that he talks about is job creation. For example, all of those skilled workers who are in the coal industry and, and, and transferring those skills to what we need to do in terms of dealing with reclaiming abandoned um, uh, landmines, what we need to do around plugging leaks from oil and gas wells and and transferring those important skills to the work that has yet to be done that needs to get done hmm reclaiming uh landmines i don't think anybody wants to reclaim unused land landmines uh but I, i'm gonna assume she meant coal mines what do you re, what is she talking about reclaiming unused uh uh coal mines i don't even understand i don't know what she's talking about she just gets up there and shakes her hair and and just babbles a little something and doesn't make any sense these orders are getting hard to keep up with so maybe you missed this one this is the one this is my favorite one because it hits home biden signed one that makes housing discrimination illegal hmm maybe someone should have told him about the housing discrimination act of 1968. It's been illegal since 1968, Joe, but listen to what he says. Housing is a right in America, and home ownership is an essential tool to wealth creation and to be passed down to generations. Today, I'm directing the Department of Housing and Urban Affairs and Urban Development to redress the historical racism in federal housing policies. So apparently the housing, the Department of HUD, Housing and Urban Development, is now Housing of Urban Affairs and Urban Development. So that's H-U-A-U-D. Huad. It's not HUD anymore. And, uh, and, and you know what? Think about this. Housing is not a right. It's a privilege. It's not a right. You know, uh, medical care may, may, be a, may be a right as well. May be a right, but housing is not a right. You have to earn it. And we need to uh, we've asked the Department of Housing and Urban Affairs and Urban Development to uh, to to uh, look into the, the racial discrimination in housing. I think this happened once before. I think it was in 1990 in the 1990s when Clinton was in there. And you know what they did to. Uh, hey, you know what? If if the if the bar is too high that some people can't qualify to be a homeowner, then let's lower the bar. And we all know what happened. That's how the uh, subprime mortgages were were created and subprime mortgage created the subprime crisis, which created the global economic meltdown. And you know what? This kind of reminds me of a scene from Swing Vote. All the world's great civilizations have followed the same path from bondage to liberty, from liberty to abundance, from abundance to complacency, from complacency to apathy, from apathy back to bondage. If we are to be the exception to history, then we must break the cycle. For those who do not remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Yeah, we need to break that cycle because we're going right back to it. And you'd think that this is only like 20 years later that someone would have remembered that. And we're only since since the meltdown, we're only like 13 years, 13 years later. You'd think even even, uh, you know. Creepy Uncle Joe would remember that. Uh, but anyway, uh, apparently not. He's apparently losing his memory as well. So let's talk about the let's let's move on to the new White House press secretary who has a new name, Jen Circleback Saki. Uh, she earned it over the last two weeks by repeating the same answer to every reporter when questions haven't been pre-approved before the briefing. 
I can, I'll circle back if there's more I can share with you, but I'll circle back with you if there's more to convey. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We can circle back. I'm, I'm happy to circle back with you. I can circle back. Uh, I will have to circle back on that one. That's an excellent question. Oh, such an important question. Uh, we will circle back with you and we'll, we'll circle back with you. It's an interesting question, but uh, we'll, we'll circle back. I'm happy to circle back, but I'll have to circle back with you on it. It's a good question, but we'll circle back with you on this today. We will certainly circle back with you more directly. So I don't remember uh, hearing uh, I'll circle back or I don't have the answers. I have to get back to you on that from uh, from uh, Kaylee McEnany or Sarah Sanders or even Sean Spicer before before uh, Sarah Sanders. Um, I don't remember that happening. And number two is, hey, I'll circle back to you. I'll circle back to you. I'll get back to you later today. You know what? There's two things. Number one, you're supposed to know the answers uh, or have a some kind of a good idea. Um, the other thing is that uh, they ask you in a press conference because they're televised. I mean, that's why all the CNN guys went after Trump to try and embarrass, embarrass him uh, in front of the cameras. That's why they ask him. They don't want you to, Hey, Oh, I'll get back. I'll call you and send you an email. We don't want that. We want to see, we want to know the answers right then. We want to be uh, you know, it's, that's kind of the uh, press conference kind of a thing is, you know, you hold people accountable and Hey, uh, don't, Wait for your advisors to give you an answer. Uh, let's let's hear. Let's just hear what's on your mind. Um, here's some of the Daily Beast report on Saki's pay, uh, practice of attempting to pre-screen uh, questions. So this is in the Daily Beast. It says if you're a reporter with a tough question for the White House press secretary, Joe Biden's staff wouldn't mind knowing about it in advance. According to the three sources with knowledge of the matter, the new president's communication staff have probed reporters to see what questions they are planning on asking Jen Psaki when called upon during briefings. Now, the White House Correspondents Association is advising reporters to push back or ignore the White House press team when asked to supply questions in advance. Can you imagine Can you imagine if, if Trump's press team was asking reporters to give them the questions in advance? Would, uh, would that have been unknown to people? I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. They would be talking about it. Well, Hey, they want to pre-screen him. Trump, Trump, you know, why I love Trump so much because he took the questions and he told you what he thought. You didn't have to wonder what's underlying. You have to wonder what, you know, you look, watch uh, Joe Biden staring at his teleprompters. He rarely is talking, talking from the heart ever. Even when he's signing the executive orders, you see he has a little note card next to him so he can read it before he signs it. Well, you know, this one is going to do this and this. He has no idea what, what he's signing. He has to, and he, you know, you'd think, you'd think, you know, when, as, as I'm signing loan documents, I used to train all my loan officers, Hey, um, you should take a set of loan documents home and read the whole things word for word all the way through one time. So when, so when you're sitting with a client, you're signing loan documents, you can at least paraphrase what's on there. Hey, this is the uh, Equal Credit Opportunity Act. Here's the fair. Here's the fair lending notice. Here's this. Here's that. So at least you know. You know when you see the title of the of the document, you can explain to them what what it is. Apparently, Biden has no idea. He's signing a big a big executive order. He's never read it. Doesn't really know what it says. He has to just write down, read the notes of what somebody told him. Um, one of the questions that wasn't pre-screened but was disrespectfully mocked by by Jen Psaki this week was one about the fifth branch of our armed forces, the Space Force. Asked whether the president has made a decision on keeping or keeping the scope of Space Force. Wow, Space Force. It's the plane of today. Um, it is an interesting question. Um, I am happy to check with our Space Force point of contact. I'm not sure who that is. 
You know, you remember in uh, Reagan's time when he said we were gonna we were gonna create Star Wars, we were gonna create the satellites there that could pick off a, a intercontinental ballistic missile before it would hit hit America. You didn't have to worry about the the security of America wasn't based on how how we could strike back on a, on a on an attack against America. That he said, hey, we're gonna put something in space and we're gonna create this that it's gonna sense it's gonna see this stuff coming and it's gonna pick them off out of space. Uh, from from the satellite before it hits, and everybody thought he was a he was a crazy man, just like everybody th- thought uh, uh, Steve Jobs was a crazy man, and people probably thought that uh, Elon Musk is a crazy man. And but they're making things happen. He was foreseeing the future, and uh, the next day, Saki said the Space Force absolutely has the full support of the Biden administration, and we are not revisiting the decision to establish the face the Space Force. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just so disrespectful the way that she reacts. Like uh, anything that Trump did was insignificant and not important. Uh, the movement to recall Gavin Newsom continues to gain steam, at, or as Political wrote this week, Gavin Newsom recall just got real. Uh, and you know what? Um, according to the financial disclosures filed Tuesday, um, the movement has raised more than two and a half million dollars to gather enough signatures to place the matter on the ballot. Experts say a minimum of three, $3 million should be raised. Some of the biggest Trump donors in California have banded together to raise to raise the funds, but even some Silicon Valley Democrats have donated as well. Turns out they don't like shutdowns either. And you know what, uh, coming up on February 18th, which is uh, Thursday after next, um, we're, uh, the radio station is putting on an event uh, to get, to uh, get signatures on that day. And there will be a, a booth in our parking lot at Summit Funding at 23328 Olivewood Plaza in Moreno Valley. Um, look on our website and we'll uh, and you can catch our address um, if you didn't if you didn't hear that or just replay the the podcast. Um, and we'll have a, a booth out there so you can drive through, don't even have to get out of your car and you can sign the petition. They're trying to get half a million uh, signatures in one day. They have a uh, our office will be the location for the Inland Empire, and they also have a, a location in uh, L.A. County and a location in Orange County as well. Um, but check uh, check the AM590 website to get, if you want to. If you well, I, I listen to Ed on Saturday, but in uh, during the week I'm in Orange County, uh, or I'm or during the week I'm in L.A. County, where you can drive through and sign sign that and uh, come by our office and uh, drive on through. In this week's press conference, Newsom was asked if his decision to lift the statewide lockdown was his way of trying to control the recall effort and the numerous lawsuits being thrown his way over over his handling of COVID. As usual, he had a less than eloquent response. Yeah, that's just complete, utter nonsense. So let's just dispense with that fundamental, foundationally nonsense. We won two more lawsuits in the last few days. It's not about that, because uh, assuredly we'll win vast majority. We have, and few, uh, obviously, will go through the process. And some have ultimately gone to the Supreme Court, including Justice Roberts himself, that uh, that squared support for one of our uh, one of our orders that we put out, but we're we feel like we're in firm footing and uh, and based on science and based data uh, and based on common sense. Based on uh, uh, science and uh, data and uh, common sense. Well, common sense, common sense would say, hey, you know what? If if COVID affects mostly people that are in their 80s, 
then maybe people in their in their in their teens or below or less than 20 maybe don't need to be uh, uh shackled you know shut down shut in their homes maybe kids could go to school maybe opening home opening schools would be would be good because uh they're not really affected and since most people that are getting this in their 70s and 80s maybe people in their 20s and 30s don't need to be completely shut down. Maybe we should have not gone quite so drastic. Maybe people could have worked and maybe worn masks, masks or just been aware and maybe taken control of their own uh, of their own responsibilities. Maybe maybe uh, uh, we could have handled this a little different to not shut down the economy. Maybe we wouldn't have to have mail in votes for the election. Then we could actually gone to uh, in person and voted and uh, just socially distance on the way. And maybe. Biden wouldn't be in the White House. You know, uh, apparently the opening the schools, the mayor of San Francisco is suing, suing the San Francisco school board because their teachers don't want to come back to work. I don't know why, but uh, if it were me, I would handle it the way Ronald Reagan handled it when the air traffic controllers thought it was, it was their right to strike and not come in and protect planes from crashing. I must tell those who failed to report for duty th this morning, they are in violation of the law, and if they do not report for work within 48 hours, they have forfeited their jobs and will be terminated. That's what I like. That's what I'm talking about. You know what? Hey, if you don't want to work, no problem. But you don't get to get paid anymore. You're fired. Hey, that sounds like Donald Trump. Hey, anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. Thanks for listening. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 1012658. Arizona MLO license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 0925837. Equal housing opportunity.